I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I haven't had sex in six months, so I run Hip Hop by the Numbers on Twitter. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm director of the Fifth Element. <laughs> I like the Fifth Element, which is knowledge. And you ain't knowing about my sex life. It's ain't up here. Gotta what? Yo, gotta get it off me. I need it. I want it. I gotta dig in the ditches. Oh. Very special, very special stuff. Uh, yeah, this ain't the show, bruv. Like, what do you think this is? I'm proud of you, man. Spilling, spilling tea, spilling tea. Podcast is is that what you think it is? Like? Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta own it, right? You gotta own it. Like people wondering why I came back to hip hop by the numbers on Twitter, and I uh, I gotta tell the the people. I gotta tell the people. I don't have a lot else going on in my so life. That is so disingenuous to say. That's the only reason. <laughs> I mean, as I soon smashed, so <laughs> I was just feeling too. Like, as soon as I get a girlfriend, what, what? I'm I'm dipping again. I'm out. I'm not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it's going. Okay. Hi Ben, how's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? Uh this week, man. This week, what a week. So I got into a few projects this week. I I started up the hip hop by the numbers playlist again. So. The weekly playlist used to be like this whole thing where I would listen to all the underground stuff that you sent me and now I'm doing it a little bit differently. I'm going to just do it like hip hop release radar. If you've got Spotify, you'll know that uh, every week they do a release radar, which is based on your algorithm. So, but it's a bunch, it it misses so much music. So what I've done is the graphic I do, I'm just going to put every song from that graphic on the playlist and I'm going to put one song from all the albums on the playlist. So at least you know everything that's dropped and it's all in one place and you don't have to like type it in and search it up and all that stuff so i might do apple music um i got a hundred new followers uh when i posted that of the 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 playlist so that hopefully that continues to grow because i think that would be really cool um and on that i listened to a few artists i listened to jay grams grams i thought that this was a super solid project smoke this is on a few tracks and that to me highlights the level that jay grams is at you know you need to come with bars if Smoke Diz is on three songs. And absolutely. And there's depth here as well. Like Craven is one of my favorite songs of the year. I really love to, I love hearing rappers that inhabit a confident and resilient persona because that's not something I feel normally. You know, I don't feel that way. So to hear him speak about handling fear and navigating challenge, really essential in the middle of a very powerful album. Moment of Truth, similarly important, I felt dipping into kind of the impact that his family has had and the lessons he's learned from those closest to him. The beats are amazing here. Rubik's Cube is amazing beat. Like the whole, all the beats here are great. You have to be top tier to do this kind of production justice. Jay Grams absolutely is. Once Upon a Time by Chica. So I was hanging out with my friend a few weeks ago and I get a call from someone who I hold in very high regard and who has managed to secure me a copy of this EP pre-release. And they said to me, and I quote, the third track will make your dick fall off, which is not something that I knew to be possible for music. But they also told me that this project was going to be a real cinematic snippet of what Chica is capable of. And I felt like on Industry Games, we got the perfect introduction, 
But this is even more so. Man, this is a taster of the range and ability and depth of this artist. This is more than I could have hoped for. Like Fairy Tales opens it up. It's like that Chance the Rapper surf type track, which is super cool. But I was like, all right, where are you going to go next with it? She pivots immediately into Hickory Dickory. And that flow that she gets on that, oh my gosh, man, it's like honey. She just envelops that beat. It's wild. Listen to that song. Then we get Cinderella part one and two. Part one is just crazy. It's like, it sounds like a drill track. And then the next track is this slow burner R&B number. The final two tracks, the final two tracks give us a bit of a soft landing, you know, after that incredible ride. I really like this project. Like, you know, sometimes you get spoon-fed an artist and you're like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll support it. But like, I was spoon-fed Chica from the start and I wasn't 100% sure she was going to live up to what people were telling me. (sighs) I was wrong. She is amazing. And uh, I don't think she'll win Best New Artist at the Grammys tonight. I think there's too big of a competition there, but... Yeah, man, this is this. That's a great. I I fully highly suggest people check that out. Uh, Ronald by Six Dogs. Now Six Dogs passed away. He was 21 years of age, and he passed away earlier this year. And it looks like it was a suicide, which is you know tragic. This is the first project I'd listened. Uh, it's heartbreaking, man. Like 21 is such a raw age. It's a real challenging age to be going through the kind of emotions and processes he is on here and. There's a huge portion of this record devoted to addiction and at times it's kind of swimming in it happily. At times it's it's torn to shreds by it. His vulnerability is something that I wish more creators would strive towards because it's not only admitting that you're feeling bad, but admitting the bad thoughts to, you know, desires for intimacy, the demands of consumerism, the things that we don't consider to speak on when we talk about our insecurities. I think a lot of the time we think if we're insecure, we have to talk about our feelings and our emotions, but he talks about his negative desires, if that makes sense. And I think that's a really rare quality. Um, So rest in peace to Six Dogs, man. It's a difficult listen. Um, Yeah, be warned on that. Killer Priest, Lord, Son, Heavy, Mental 1.1. Charlie sent me this or told me about this one and I don't know, I find it tough to explain this one. It's 45 minutes. I don't think I heard a single drum on here, which is fine, (laughs) but it's really hard to understand this record. Like the samples are clearly telling the story, but what is it? I didn't know what the story was because I'm sure it's there and I'm sure it's, it's intricate, but it seems like it's purposely inaccessible. It's like, it's like this labyrinth trying to piece it together, uh, to me anyway. I don't know if other people figured it out, but this is normally not an issue with a musical release because it's a musical release. You know, There's plenty of music to listen to and enjoy, and you can go back to it and, and pick up the story as, as you go. But Killer Priest is just like, hiding his voice behind all this distortion and all these beats that are mixed right up, and it just became a bit of a mess. You know, I, I really liked the idea and the direction he wanted to go in, but I think the execution was a bit off on that. That was a very surprising project. Planet Asia, Block Shaman, super solid, uh, great projects. Love it when they get these weird beats like Spin the Block. You know, this underground scene right now is really throwing Boom Back in, into a whole new category. It's like it's like Boom Back with this weird jazz live instrumentation that was like recorded in 1931 and fed through three filters. It's It gives the music such a lived-in quality. Sometimes it surprises me that I've never even heard it before because it feels familiar. 
and there's not a miss on this project. I really like that. Finally, Jason Griff uh, and Alex Ludovico, uh, 321 EP. I really enjoyed this. Great throwback beats, great lyrics. Hooks are really varied. Uh, up the same street as Planet Asia, Rome Streets, DJ Mugs, J Grams, etc., etc. So, um, yeah, shout out to them. Great project. So, yeah, that was myself. What about you, Charlie? Yeah, so um, I need to peep that Planet Asia. I've been, I was meant to peep that, but yeah, I'll peep that for next That's week, good, probably. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds right, really. Uh, yeah, so I'll start off with that cheeky. Uh, once upon a time, uh, I can't really say much apart from uh, echo what you said to the sentiments. Honestly, like uh, Hickory Dickory banged. Uh, I did. I wasn't too hot on the first track with uh, BJ Chicago Kid. I mm. found the beats, uh, the beat on that a bit uh, herky jerky. Yeah. Um, but uh, apart from that, uh, I really enjoyed the project. Like, apart from, yeah, just apart from that one track uh, and the beat for for that, it was just a uh, smooth sailing. Love that uh, Hickory Dickory flow. Uh, love the uh, Cinderella part one and two. Those, those just went so seamlessly. It was literally just like a mini movie in like six minutes, however long it was. Uh, it, it was good. I love uh, love that EP and uh, love Chica. Uh, other guys, Winter in Analog season two. Uh, Louis P. I've honestly been a bit lukewarm on the other guys. Uh, they do this every season, seasonal change. Um, at the end of every season, I uh, yeah from Logic because it's spring now obviously. Um, but this one really, this one really hit. Like this is this one their best one so far. I really love the beats on here. Um, just just oh, they just they just hit so nice. Uh, Anti Lily on the last track uh, for some lyrics uh, lyrical content. Uh, but the rest are just uh, straight up beats. And yeah, man, love the other guys. Uh, love their work, and this is one of their best uh, EP so far. Um, and I went on to a couple of. Uh, ones i found on Bandcamp because i was just bored on friday i was just like go on then uh so, uh jossie mitsu uh planet j uh i i've uh, so i looked on I, I know for a fact right i looked on to um uh hip-hop and uh, jazz for just a uh, you know just general just for general looking up stuff uh, so i was like okay let me find some jazz let me find some hip-hop see what's there and uh, I don't know which one this was planted in, uh, according to Bandcamp, but uh, this is not hip-hop or jazz. Um, this is more like a throwback, like, house uh, electronic, like, stuff my dad would listen to, like, in the 90s. It bangs. It bangs. I was, I was just wondering why it was uh, planted in one of, one of the two uh, uh, categories that I went on. But, um, you know, I tripped onto it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So um, it's four tracks. It's not... Uh, it's about uh, 10, 10, 12 minutes, something like that. So, yeah, it's not too, it's not too long. Uh, but, yeah, if you like some, um, you know, classic house vibes, uh, a little bit of electronic mixed in there, uh, yeah, so super good. And uh, always support um, a, a, f a female uh, producer on that front because, uh, Lord knows, <laughs> there are not many of them. Uh, so shout out to Jossie Mitsu. Uh, Chester Watson, 1997. Um, so this dude's actually been dropping uh, for a good while now. I think for a bit, since 2015, from uh, from as I check right quick. Um, but yeah, this um this album's quite this album's quite decent. And again, it's one of those things where I'm like, is it an album? Is it not an album? Because nine songs, 24 minutes. So judge that how you will. Um, but yeah, past that, uh, how long has he been dropping? Uh, 2013 actually been dropped since 2013. So you know, long in the tooth um, on on the just the experience front. Obviously, past seven years, uh, eight years. But yeah, this one's pretty clean. I like this. Uh, I like it. I like the. Uh 
he has like kind of like an Earl sweatshirt droll to him. Like it's like, you know, he's got kind of that, um, uh, I don't want to say unenergetic, but like, you know, just that, uh, that's kind of derogatory, but just, you know, it's just kind of that, uh, I guess, laid back uh, for, uh, kind of, for lack of a better phrase, kind of vibe to it. Um, Danny Brown's on a, on a little feature here as well. Uh, I like Mar just simply because it's just his mother talking about him and you kind of get to, you get again, a little like taste of, uh, how he was growing up and just, uh, you know, the, like why he was interested in music and how she felt about it. That was just an interesting five minutes of just her talking. Um, past that, the music's pretty decent. I like it. Um, it reminiscent of Co the Friend, but but not in the not in the chill kind of way. Um, but I guess more in the delivery and uh, the flow is actually very interesting. His flow is very interesting. It goes. It's very. Um, it's very free form. Um, and, uh, and and it just dips in and out, and the lyrical content's a bit uh, uh, dips in and out as well. It goes just completely different. You don't really know where he's gonna go with it. So uh, if you like that kind of freestyling, uh, in, in in a sense, uh, go for it. Uh, Tiggs the author, uh, blame it on the Utes. Um, I've always liked Tiggs the author just because of the niche he's cut out for himself. Like there's he has this um he he just has like this uh band behind him kind of vibe going on it's always like full of energy you know sprinkles in some caribbean elements in there um and yeah it's, it's just, it just comes into a really interesting package whenever you listen to tig's daughter um if you guys listen to run you know run 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 yeah everyone's listened to that uh, everyone's heard that track um even if you don't, didn't know it was tig's the author but yeah uh it's kind of I wouldn't say it's more of the same, but um, you know, it's it's his that's his vibe. That's how he goes about things. Um, but the uh, the lyrical content, I guess, is uh, much more different. Uh, enough. The first track's very, uh, you know, just like stand up, like fight for your rights kind of kind of uh, vibe going on. Uh, hands up, uh, suitcase of sins, like uh, chasing love. You know, it, it's it, there's a there's a good variety here. Um, in terms of just actual content itself, uh, the music, while sometimes my only minor criticism is that like, uh, the upbeat, uh, you know, far, not fast paced, but like, uh, you know, just high energy pace of the music sometimes gets in the way of the, of what he's trying to talk about. Um, but past, that's only for like a couple of tracks and that's just complete nitpicking. Uh, but the album is very nice. It's like 35 minutes, 11 songs, got nines on the end of the, at the end of the, uh, album. Obviously the, he, uh, they, they basically traded tracks cause, uh, uh, nines is on, uh, Tiggs's album and, uh, Tiggs is on nines, uh, previous album, Crabs in the Bucket. So, uh, yeah, man, clearly a decent collab there. And, uh, yeah, I really love this, I really like this album. So it's just got great energy to it. Uh, Central Sea, Wild West, uh, getting into some drill now, isn't it? Like, I'm, I'm getting there, it's like, you know, just getting, I've had one a week in the past couple of weeks, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of good, uh, I would say the, um, for, for better or worse, um, this, this feels longer than it is, um, it's 14 songs, 38 minutes, but it felt a bit longer than that for whatever reason, just when I was, like, listening to it, I was like, how, how, how much time's passed, um, I can't really, say much more on that front I don't really know why uh it just felt like that for me but you know it is what it is um in terms of just like overall tone um <laughs> one one track I do like 
Oh, I forget. I forget which one it is. Uh, it might be the bag. Yeah, it might be the bag. But basically, he. Um, excuse me. Basically, he uh, uh, t- pops shots at um, some uh, rappers that do drill music but use autotune. And I am so here for that. I am so here for that. I feel like if you're gonna do drill, you shouldn't be using autotune. I. I just. I just feel like that's just not. That that doesn't compute for me personally. And uh, he completely just t- pops so many shots on that one track absolutely bangs um but yes yeah, very he's very uh on job let's just say that um he, he's not flashy um he's just strictly about the about the, yeah you know on job kind of thing you know whatever that job is uh, you know what I mean? um so yes yeah, so it's, it's some it's some decent drill cargo plane and it's fully independent um so you know big shouts for that um of course always shouting out that and uh, lastly, this one actually came uh, at the end of last year, like around the time I was doing my list, so I didn't really get time to it, but I finally made time for it today. Um, this is Rashan Ahmed and Rita J, Black Koala. Um, I love, love, love this album. Uh, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I love the chemistry these two have. Uh, they bounce off each other lyrically and just like in terms of, you know, just general energy on tr- on whatever track it is, they they just perfectly fit into it. It's like a glove. Um, they have a bugging out homage. Uh, they basically recite Tyrical Quest's bugging out, but change you know a little bit of the lyrics here and there. But most most of the time, it's a it's a literally just word for word uh, bugging out uh, by Tribe, and I thoroughly enjoy that. I'm here for that. And the beats actually was uh, is, is obviously you know to the to the vibe of the album and. Uh, yeah, man, it just fits. It fits like a glove. All of it fits like a glove. I love Rita J's um, uh, just uh, ability, uh, lyrical ability. Um, I love uh, Rashan's uh, just uh, general uh, energy and uh, and I guess his beats. Because uh, he's a DJ and MC, so I'm assuming he did the beats as well. Um, so if that's the case, uh, big ups for that. Um, but yeah, I, I just I, I thoroughly enjoy this album. It absolutely slaps. And uh, no, what, well, I don't think they were all produced by Rashan. And also a Georgia Muldrow um, uh, feature on the last track. So that's uh, very nice. And with that said, we shall hop on to our topic of this episode, and we continue our Women's History Month, as you all know or should know by now. And uh, we are continuing with uh, Miss M C Lights. Um, it's 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 so interesting, like on the face, uh, thinking about MC Light's legacy and uh, how, <laughs> you know, the people that the the women especially that she's influenced, um, you could really just call her like a double, maybe triple OG. Um, I guess triple OG in that fashion, because like you know, we obviously did Missy Elliott, and uh, clearly in recent years there have been some, uh, you know, people that have taken. Uh, you know, the Miss Yellow blueprint when it comes to, you know, her just uh, how she looks or her uh, uh, flows in that kind of fashion or uh, just music video making ability as well. You know, just eye-catching shit. Uh, Brie Runway, for example, on there. So, you know, and, and Miss Elliot was you know, clearly uh, influenced by MC Light. So MC Light is basically a triple OG in this, in this, in this, uh, in this biz right now. And, uh, it's just gonna be. It's just an interesting journey uh, that we're gonna go through right now, uh, and I'm excited for it. Uh, I've always, want, I've always, I've always enjoyed MC Light just on a, uh, just on an energy level. I've always liked her energy um, in terms of just like what she brings out in the music. It's just so in your face, um, and I really like that. So, uh, and uh, you know, when you listen to her music, 
uh, throughout the, especially throughout the albums, you think of like, oh, okay, I can see where Lil Kim got this. I can see where Missy Elliott got this. Um, you know, and the and the and the children she has are so wide ranging. I love that about MC Light. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into let's get into the actual uh, show itself. And uh, enough of that. Uh, enough of all that. Uh, 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 gassing up uh, <laughs> like she needs it. Anyway, uh, heading over to Sydney, Australia, as always. Uh, see what Ben's got for us today. Yeah, I mean, MC Light holds an interesting place on our list. She has, you know, we always do the crazy firsts that we do on these these episodes. Uh, her debut album in 1998 was recognized as the first mainstream record by a solo female rapper, and she's the first solo female rapper to go gold. Uh, I think more so than any of the others we've done, MC Light blends into the male side the most. And that's not a slight, you know, that's not what I'm trying to say there because back in the 1980s, equality was just as far away for female MCs as it was for females fighting for equal pay in the workplace. You know, Light talks about how confronting it was when she began performing after her album dropped to discover that she was being paid a tiny percentage of what her male counterparts were getting paid for their live shows and she signals this experience but nothing leading up to it as the first time she felt different as a female MC from a male MC and when you listen to her music it's similar in delivery and at times content to the conscious male rappers from around this time and it makes sense that she lists the message as the song that inspired her to become a rapper Uh, in her words she said Storytelling is what first drew her to hip-hop, notably via the message and its vivid depiction of real-life experiences, and Light then decided to try and tell her story through rhyme, and she claimed the reason, and this is very important, the reason she was given the gift of hip-hop was to spread a socially conscious message about drugs. She felt like her goal was to speak to the people in her community and encourage them to stay away from drugs, either selling them or consuming them. Of course, you know, there's a whole process she had to do to get to the stage of putting this into action. She began writing poetry at the age of 12 in a notebook and recorded her first song at age 14 under the stage name Sparkle. Now, Audio 2 were the ones who kind of brought her into the game. Uh, Milk D and DJ Giz, Giz? I hope it's not Giz, that'd be a weird name. Giz, I assume. (laughs) Um, Apologies for that. Uh, she calls them her brothers because they all grew up together. You know, they weren't um, they weren't biological brothers, but and sister. But yeah, Audio Two's Audio Two's father, Nat Robinson, was motivated and business savvy, and he created the independent label First Priority Music. And the goal of that was to press and distribute the work by Audio Two, and then by extension, MC Light. Now, as Audio Two say, they'd already been hustling the song make it funky themselves so their their point of this whole thing was like we'd already been doing you know selling it out of the back of our car getting these to rec- uh, getting this to record stores you know picking up the money after it was sold putting up flyers and everything so to them creating a label made perfect sense now it was the b-side to that song make it funky top billing which became a bit of a sensation locally and it created some actual demand for the label Now, the label was spotted by major label Atlantic, who offered to partner up with them. Nat Robinson, the father, being a genuinely, seems like a good person, said he would only agree to that if MC Light was signed as well. Now, MC Light didn't have anything hot at that time. You know, this was all off top billing by Audio 2. MC Light was just another MC. 
So that brought her into the major label system. Now she talks about in interviews about this process, how it was not as easy as just rocking up and getting a contract. She actually had to audition for her place. And she said while she'd been rapping with Audio 2, she was only 16 at the time. She was hardly a veteran in this. And she said it was her book of poetry that she'd been writing in since she was 12 that saved her. And she went up there and she had all this material, all these poems, and she rapped them to beats. And it was a hit with them. And it was so much so that they... They recorded I Cram to Understand You off the strength of that, like a song that she wrote at age 12 about the crack epidemic in America. They did it in that first session, and the song blew up locally. You know, The New York Times said it was one of the best singles of the year, and it was here that the first album came together. And, you know, notice that throughout this story, it's almost like a normal story. You know, MC Light tells a story of Atlantic saying, okay, you're our female rapper in an interview. But that's about all. It sounds like a really normal backstory. And I think her poetry and ability at such a young age is is crazy. At a time when solo female rappers were not getting deals, you know, and they weren't getting deals if they were conscious, especially, she impressed the label enough to break down that barrier. And, you know, think about like being socially conscious. That's so much harder to market. You know, it's so much harder to market. Whilst there was quite a lot of anti-drug uh, content in hip hop back then. I did an article uh, a while back on the 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 references to drugs in hip hop, and during the eighties, it was predominantly anti drug, if it was any drug content at all. Um, but it still wasn't in the mainstream. It still wasn't like there weren't rappers going out there and being like, "This is my entire aesthetic. I'm anti drug," and they weren't going number one or top ten. So it was it was a risk, I guess, that the label took. But to me, obviously, we've seen what kind of MC Light is, MC Light, MC Light is, uh, she's fucking amazing. So it's, it seems like a note, but she, like her poetry and her ability overcame that uh, difficult of marketability. So yeah, I thought it was an interesting backstory. I, f- I find it interesting, like not many people talk about the fact that she's a female MC. You know, with all the other artists we've done so far, that is a huge thing in interviews. It's a huge part of their story. But with MC Light, it's not the biggest part at all. You know, it's not... She did break down barriers for solo female rappers, but it's not really spoken about that often. And yeah, I just found that that part interesting. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have honestly no idea why she's the only one uh, to have that kind of. Uh, uh, <laughs> I I don't want to say like respect as if it had to be earned, if that makes any sense. But like uh, just that. I don't know that uh, that right, yeah, that 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 right that should be common, I guess. Um, uh, I I can I can honestly take a guess at why uh, she's you know the chosen one, if any, if, <laughs> if you know what I mean. But uh, maybe maybe it's just because uh, she was so good so young. I didn't know she did Kramer on Sandy at twelve. I didn't know mm-hmm. she OG wrote that at twelve. That's fascinating to me. Um, because when I got to, when I got to her third album, uh, I was, that, that's actually when I looked up her age and I was just like, oh, raw. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'll say the reason why after, uh, when we get to it, but like, um, yeah, I just didn't even clock that she was like 18, 19, 20 when she was dropping these. Like, this is a, you know, that's like the same, I have the same fascination with that. In the same way I have when 
uh, Ice Cube did like America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate, and Lethal Injection are like, you know, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. You know what I mean? It's the exact same thing for me where I just have to, you, you just have to marvel at how talented uh, people like MC Light uh, are at such a young age, mm. like it's just and 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 even <clears throat> and even with that said, like not just that, but the fact that um, of uh, of all the people um, to have that opportunity that she did, um, it just so happened to be like one of the best possible options you could have gotten um, in ter- in terms of just like you know overall talent, whatever was happening in Brooklyn at that time. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just great. That's that's just amazing to think about. So yeah. So yeah, the first first album came out. Uh, man, this this album had absolutely everything. Light as a rock. Uh, it had the catchy track, paper thin, socially conscious. Like I crammed to understand you. Had a bit of beef with ten percent diss. Could easily been dropped by Rakim. I always got that feeling. I, every time I listen to MC Light, I just have this Rakim vibe from her. It's like this level of ability and just listenability and I don't know the voice. The voice is like it's just powerful and the flow as well. Like I think the production here is really sparse and drum focused and it gives her an opportunity to kind of go wild <coughs> with this lyrical style that has this confidence and this venom, but it's also entirely conscious of the message and the content. You know, she just she rips into it, man. It's title track. She just says, move out the way when I'm coming through the door. Second song, she breaks down the role of a female MC on I Am A Woman. Uh, you know, she tries on all these different titles like Queen or Sexy or The Best, and she actually all rejects all of those just in favor of herself, you know? And I think that exemplifies her entire arc right at the start. It's like there was never a stage where MC Light tried to inhabit any role other than the one she self-identifies with. And we've seen in previous episodes where female MCs are getting pushed into these different roles and these different, you know, different ways of being and these different forms of content that they kind of have to play Mm -hmm. the game in order to get Mm -hmm. to the point where they can be themselves. And I, I think it's amazing that MC Light was, you know, I don't know the, the situation around it, like why it was so different, but she just never, ever, ever, ever did that. And obviously she was nowhere near as commercially successful as those artists that have done that. So, you know, that could be part of it as well. Um, well I'll speak a little bit on the 10% disc because she spoke about, speaks about it in interviews. Like Antoinette dropped a song called I Got an Attitude and it sparked a beef with Audio 2. So the issue was that Audio 2 were chatting to Herbie Lovebug, who is a producer, and the goal was to release a song called Stop Illin', which was going to be based on their song Top Billin'. So that never eventuated. So Audio 2 figured it wasn't going to happen. That was until I Got An Attitude dropped, and Audio 2 felt that song was the same as the one they had been planning, and that Herbie Lovebug had gone behind their back and got another artist. And they felt, you know, they were upset about this, but they didn't feel comfortable dissing a woman. So they enlisted MC Light. And in interviews, it seems like she's pretty, you know, she's pretty met about the whole thing. She doesn't seem very impressed that she was dragged into that situation. She said it wasn't really her battle and it didn't really mean anything to her and it was all just on wax. And, you know, Antoinette dropped a couple of responses. MC Light replied once. It just kind of petered out in the end. But 
I found that interesting. I found that um, maybe that is really the only time that she was drawn into doing something she didn't want to do. I don't think it's that. Like in interviews, she says that she was fully aware of the situation and she was fully, you know, she, she engaged in it consensually entirely. It wasn't like she didn't want to do it. But like in hindsight, especially I think when they talk, because the interviews that I saw about this were in, you know, the late 2010s. And a lot of the time she speaks about how female rappers are pitted against each other in the present day and how it's males mm. who do that. And I think in hindsight, when she looks back, she wasn't too impressed with the fact that she went up against another female MC back in the day. So I think that's, the, you know, the whole backstory to that. But yeah, man, the album is, is one of the most influential of all time. Like I personally place it alongside Radio as, you know, by LL Cool J as one of the albums that has aged the best from the 1980s you know i'm not going to say it sounds like 2021 but i had <laughs> you know no no 80s out like you know this is the this is the crux of the 80s sound like everyone who is like oh it's the golden era but i don't enjoy anything from that era it's like you're trying to listen to it in 2021 and it's never going to be that you know it's no album from that period is going to be that but light as rock had like essential elements that are still the cornerstone of top tier hip hop today, like sharp storytelling, a lot of humor, socially conscious content, and and lyricism. And it's been recognized by plenty of publications. Like the source listed it in their hundred greatest albums of all time. Uh, Rolling Stones put it in their best albums in nineteen eighty eight. It was number three on Enemy's twenty five albums that changed rap forever. So yeah, no one had done what MC Light did on this album before. No solo female MC had dropped a project in the mainstream in this way and with this much skill and uh you know i think she created an entire lane really yeah um uh yeah it's interesting to talk about the 80s sound because that's kind of what i was um getting was gonna get to with both this album light as a rock and uh also uh, her second album um it, it, they both have obviously just that um uh, them just them thick drums that seemingly everybody had at that mm-hmm. point <laughs> eyes on this and uh you know it's just uh it, it it does it does make it does make me laugh uh sometimes just uh thinking about how uh and and this actually gets this this is a complete side note i might i might want to get to this on like a bias episode potentially if i remember it but like it is interesting how um you know you had uh you know these these two album lies of rock eyes on this which both uh, which dropped in 88 and 89 uh, you know, uh, Public Enemy, like Yo Bum Russia Show, and obviously Nation of Millions in '88. Uh, Radio, as you mentioned, Ella Cool J, like uh, Run DMCs, like on like, first four albums, because <laughs> uh, they started in, like '83 or something. So they had some, uh, they they were ahead a bit. Um, so yeah, you know, all of those kind of albums are so fascinating, uh, and obviously other artists as well, because they just all have that same thing. But obviously, when the '90s come through and uh, I'll get to that in a sec with that, like you know. Um, but when the nineties come through, just everything just changes all of a sudden. I I have a feeling I know what it is, but I want to get to like on a bias episode so I can get into a detail. But anyway, um, yeah, I do I do like these albums in particular. Um, I I echo your sentiments on just like how um, I th- I I think I think adding on to what you were talking about as a you know what she was trying uh, trying basically coming always coming back to herself um in in just what she was talking about uh i i i see it in a slightly different way uh the way i see it is that um she was just i think 
just testing every possible water there was um, in terms of just how to portray a woman, so to speak, right? Um, you know, it, 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 do you, it, are you looking for a are you looking for a badass MC? Boom, I know badass MC. Are you looking for a, a a a strong independent woman that's also like can be just hella sexy if she wants to be? That's me as well. Like she, I think she tries to encapsulate um, just everything. Whereas, you know, you have, like, contemporary, such as, like, Salt and Pepper, which you obviously did last year, and, th- and th- those three were obviously just, like, all about the uh, the sexual positivity um, angle of, uh, of, of uh, womanhood, I guess. Um, and, you know, MC Light does that really underratedly uh, throughout her career. Like, there's some, there's, there's some songs sprinkled in a lot of these albums where like there's just a there's just like a couple of bars that get sprinkled in and I'm just like oh heavens <laughs> uh. you're like oh oh clutch pearls <laughs> it's just like okay um sure let's get all right cool 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 <laughs> you know what I mean they, they just come out fucking nowhere to me um and I just I just love that um it, it just managed to catch it catch you off guard and um yeah I do I do like the um. <laughs> I I do find it funny that one of the tracks is called MC like like swinging and I don't know the uh, uh I have a feeling I know which context context of swinging she's talking about but I keep thinking of the other context of swinging and uh, it just makes me uh, chuckle thinking about that <clears throat> but yeah you know that's just uh, for you to Google if you don't know um but yeah hopping into uh, eyes on this as I just continue on uh, straight afterwards um it's 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 and you know, hopping on the back of twenty ten percent this, you know, she does have shut the f up ho, uh, which mm-hmm. is literally just a response straight after, and that shit is so blistering. Oh yeah, she's fucking wild. Like you that don't want to go at her. Blistering, yeah. like it's not to, not uh, to start be of, start of verse two. The first thing you ask yourself is why do I bother when you really when you should really ask where is the father of your child? Aren't we wild? You get around like a cab. Now that's too bad. Everyone has been in you. Isn't that sad? Um, yeah, that's 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 some venom. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because I was like thinking of um, I saw in like uh, the uh, uh, it was a recent uh, podcast that was uh, asking around on Twitter uh, like for your you know top five diss tracks and you know I put I did I put my top five on there uh, before listening to. Uh, shut the f up, ho! This might have to fit somewhere into that top five because that shit was just lyrically just just uh, stomping. That, that was a curb stomp. That, that was, that's a bit dis- <laughs> that's a disgusting diss track. Jesus Christ! Um, but yeah, overall the album itself, um, I th- I feel like it's a a, a slight just step up. Um, I think in terms of just uh, uh, especially. In some ways, production, you know, it's kind of the similar stuff as I, as I mentioned before. Um, but it's just a little bit longer as an album itself. Uh, I feel like she just has a lot of time uh, to switch to s- explore more. Um, you know, not with the dealer is a fascinating track. Uh, I am the light, which I feel like uh, on on a random side note, I feel like to have a, a name like MC Light, I feel like every album should have light in the title and just mix it up as much as possible because she has it she does it in the bars themselves and the tracks and, and some of the track names so I was, uh, that's that's just a random critique but um not even a critique but just something i wanted <laughs> in hindsight uh but yeah this is um 
it's it's more of the same. I feel like, uh, and and that's that's not in any derogatory way, uh, away. But um, yeah, it's a, uh, it, it's just more of that confidence, more of just that, just just consistent uh, showing out. Like you know, what I mean, just that complete confidence in your uh, ability, and that's just the major thing that comes across all the time. It's just that confidence that comes through, and uh, you especially get it. You know, when she's at this point, like, 19 years old, uh, uh, you know, 18, 19 years old. So, uh, yeah, man, so crazy confidence. So Eyes on This is another classic. I think that not many people can back up a debut like her first album, but I feel like, you know, this album is, is on par with that. I think the shock of such a perfect piece of music on her first album kind of elevates that album above this slightly. Uh, because I think her emceeing is improving with each album, obviously. I think it continues on in her career. I don't think I could see something like Cha 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 on her debut. I think it's a really pop-friendly track with mm. that kind of iconic mm. sample and that stretchy bass line. I think you could mm. easily get lost on a beat like this, but her storytelling and depictions are really vivid. You could never lose that MC light style, you know. I don't have huge amounts to say about this album because, as you know, Charlie said... It, it's kind of like an extension of her debut. It dropped just a year later. It was basically like she dropped a double album to me. Uh, and yeah, 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 yeah. the only criticism I will level at both her first two albums is that she was still learning her craft and she was possibly engaging in a bit too much of the, the kind of content stereotypes of the day because, you know, the 1980s was full of braggadocio, full of braggadocio. If you didn't rap... I rock the mic at the party, so step off, play the corner while I get my bars off, or something like that, then you weren't a real rapper in the 80s. Like, that was, it was kind of like a rite of passage that you rapped about how great you were at parties and how you got everyone dancing and stuff like that. And I think, you know, she towed the line uh, on her first two records. But um, yeah, I think she crossed it after this record. But um, apart from that, I can't criticize these two albums at all. Eyes on this, you know. I think it gets lost a lot in the conversation because of her debut, but um, they're both great pieces of music, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do you want to hop into? Uh... <laughs> yeah, why not? Act like you know. <laughs> why not just jump into that, eh? Why not? All right. So, act like you know. It's her third album, not her second album. Now, <laughs> so my favorite project my sorry favorite song in this project is eyes are the soul and i think this is the quintessential mc light song because firstly i think she changes up her delivery which is something that she didn't do heaps on her first two albums so normally we get kind of this high inflection with mc light but on this she gives this kind of monotone delivery and then she delivers basically exactly what she said she was put on this earth to do which was to talk about socially conscious content and this fucking song is at times really difficult to listen to. It's pretty, it starts with, he knows he's leaving not much time left, holding on to his very last breath. Now, each verse in this song deals with a different consequence of drugs and sex. So the first verse is HIV. The second verse is crack. Third verse is teenage pregnancy. And to me, this is MC Light at her storytelling and socially conscious best. It's the focal point of the album for me. And rather than beginning with her standard braggadocio, she went straight for the message on this album and it worked really well. 
So, you know, a track like Act Like You Know, to me, is proof of this. She says, rhymes and rhymes I've got to spare. And the way MC Light rapped on her first two projects, as I said, it reminds me a lot of Rakim. It's kind of like they could just rap forever, just indefinitely. You know, that that old school, off the top of the head freestyling where an artist just raps about everything that's going on around them in the street. You know, people just throwing words at them and they're just rapping about them. I get that feeling with MC Light and I felt like on her first two albums, maybe she fell into that a little bit too much and didn't focus her attention as often as on this particular record. You know, the very next song she raps, When You're Out Partying, Never Leave Your Drink, she ends the track with that. She really hones in on her message on this record and I love it. You know, there's a song like Poor Georgie. This, you know, this this song's rough to listen to. Like the way that she expresses herself on here is fucking divine. The reveal at the end is obviously very hard to stomach. But I think that this didn't just deal with someone taken too soon. This is a common feeling after suicide. The feeling that if only this person had done something different. If only I had had the opportunity to tell them how I felt. It's a really hard listen. And then it has this extended outro that has you sitting in this really, this sad, kind of unpleasant, uncomfortable feeling. And, you know, this is like, this is when I think all the best artists are capable of managing mood in their listener. And I think that all the best kind of music does that. MC Light proved to me on this project that fucking hell, man, like she could do this so well. Uh, I feel like she addressed a bit of this on Kamikaze. I think... The title is pretty apt in that sense because she goes about kind of teeing up some of her fan base for only liking her superficial music. You know, outside of me, you try to picture me, young and black, that ain't no mystery, but inside runs deep like an ocean. You couldn't understand it if I spoke in slow motion. I'm trying like hell to get some results, but you can bet your ass that it's difficult. They try to beat it down because I talk to a beat. In other words, because I try to teach. Like, she goes, uh, but if I talk that yang-yang shit, like, you can't touch this, that shit'll hit, don't we have any morals anymore, or did rap take the toll out the fucking door? It's like, she's kind of like, if I rap like MC Hammer, you'd like me. If I did, you know, I could do that. I could do the pop stuff, but I don't do that. And, yeah, man, I think, I'll talk about it after her next project, because I think that that hampered her commercially, but... This album is, I actually think this is her most listenable album. I think the beats on here are the best production she's been on until, you know, later in her career. And yeah, I think um, it only went 102 on the Billboard 200. Um, Poor Georgie charted 83 on the Hot 100 too, which is a massive win considering the content. But this is the album that I really loved from MC Light. This is this is my favorite MC Light album. Yeah, um, I'll go one step further. This is one of, the, this is one of my... Uh, favorite um i guess uh, i'm trying to figure out how to categorize it but it's definitely my favorite mc light album um and it's one of I, I don't know i just find this album horribly underrated yeah. um i feel like there's so much in here um that uh just the production improvements uh from obviously like the first two albums are just exponential um obviously there's a lot of new jack swing in a couple of these tracks especially the first two tracks um and i thought that was where it's gonna go but the deeper the deeper the album goes the better it gets for me um and that's saying something considering the you know the songs you were talking about eyes of the soul um act like you know poor georgie even 
Even something that's really quick, but just um, Mickey Slipper, which is literally yeah. just talking about how she got uh, roofied, so to speak, um, is just crazy. Like I, I've I've never heard someone uh, talk about getting drugged. Um, and and actually just put it in a half decent rhyme, you know what I'm saying? Uh, not and and just in a in a matter of fact way. Um, where 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 where's half is? So yeah, my eyes are bulge and I black out. Damn, it's black as tar. Uh, I woke up. Don't know. I don't know when. Sitting at the bar. I know it's hard to follow. This story's kind of tricky. Why well, I didn't know was somebody slipped me a Mickey to my drink, which caused my fantasy and somehow mm-hmm. set me back in reality. I just. What? <laughs> and then I was right off to Port Georgie, and it's just like it, it just—I don't know—it just takes you every, it just takes you anywhere and everywhere. Um, a track that really freaked me out at first was a uh, "Too Young for What," uh, because and this is when I had to look up her age because I was because uh, she just goes straight in just uh, in the I think her second yeah second verse. Uh, it may sound nasty and it may sound mean, but I'm into little boys are about seventeen. I don't know why, but they put up a fight and hot damn that excites the MC like I was just like wee, 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 Yeah, that wee, one um, How old is yeah. she? How old is she? Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> that one definitely gave me a, yeah, I stopped for a second I was, and I was like, What? I was, what I was so scared. I was so scared. I was like, no, you'll have to put on the proper back light. And I was like, all right, fine. She's 21. Okay, right. Okay, okay I can live with that. I can live with that. <laughs> I was just, I was just freaking the fuck out for a minute. I was just like, wee, wee, wee. How old is she? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's it's legal, guys. It's legal. It's fine. It's uh, yeah, a bit, a little bit, a uh, little, you know, I mean, to, you know, to put up a fight, it's a bit of... Uh, I don't know if a dude said that. It's a bit, uh, uh, oh you yeah, know, you know what I'm saying. But, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna live with it. I'm gonna live with it. I'm, I'm, I'm a keep, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm keep that. I'm gonna keep that. Uh, I'm gonna keep that straight. Um, but yeah, past that, uh, you know, uh, uh, minor wee woo that I had uh, uh, in in the moment. Yeah, just a, a lot of this is just so. It, it's just so unapologetic. There's something so unapologetic about this album, um, and. It, it just every track just has like these lyrical nuggets that just like uh, it, it might it might honestly fly over your head at first because you know she has this obviously this um you know all the way for you know deep from the diaphragm kind of delivery um that's like you know bordering on like operatic and how she like she just comes through the gut with it um and I feel like you know a lot of that uh just a uh, mask what she actually says some of the time but yeah some of these some of these uh nuggets that she just comes through with uh on some of some of these tracks you know you mentioned a few of them uh it's just it just blows my mind and uh you know going back to read some of them uh just uh adds my love for this album i i really enjoyed the you know just the last track which is chaos to man it's just like you know just some instrumental track going on i just like that as a finish um it just you know, it's just it just feels super hip hop to me. Uh but yeah, man, I I, I love this album. I, I didn't expect to uh love this album or any of the MC Light albums as much as I did with this one in particular. Um because when it came to the first two tracks, I was a bit um okay, where are we going? Because uh, you know, this is obviously ninety one, new Jack Swings just came in, you know what I mean? It's the, it's the new wave, so I'm like is she wave riding. Uh, but the deeper it goes in, the more it just become the more production especially becomes just more uh more into MC Light's wheelhouse and really builds on the first two albums, uh, production wise and just you know, just adds a little bit 
a little bit uh, makes it with better ingredients let's just say that uh and yeah it just it just makes the album so much better for me and uh you know and she just absolutely goes off from pretty much every single track like every single track just has a uh just a key bar every time and um yeah man this is a superb album yeah absolutely um then we get into yeah so this is interesting this goes in a different direction now like Ain't no other. I think the album is a is a departure from the previous one. Uh, I kind of like to find centerpiece songs that showcase the direction an artist is going in on a project, and I think hard copy is that on this record. I think you know the previous album was delicate at times. It was warm. It felt like a trusted elder was speaking directly to you. I feel like on this album, it's like a teenager yelling at you through the window of your car at the lights. She follows hard copy with fuck that motherfucking bullshit. The whole energy on side one is, you know what I mean? Like the whole energy on side one is vibrant and it's palpable. It's almost like she's playing a role on this record. Like she's the wild one at the party. She's the, the drunk, violent one. You know, the one who breaks your nose for spilling their drink. Then there's side two, which is a little less abrasive. There's a lot more of a message on here, I think. Like, can I get some dap? Is is a call for respect and acknowledgement. Yeah. Uh, never heard nothing speaks on. Never heard nothing like this. Sorry, speaks on the issues of consent. I go on dives into abusive relationships. So I think on this record, you know, this is why I'm starting to like so much about MC Light as she progresses in her career. Obviously, she hasn't had the commercial success that, you know, she probably thought she, I don't know, maybe maybe she didn't expect that she wanted to have a lot of commercial success, but I think that that gave her the opportunity to just go in whatever direction she wanted to go. And I think here, she's really kind of trying to give us a smorgasbord of all aspects of her career and all aspects of her, you know, MC persona. Um, and I think I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Whilst this isn't the most listenable album and it's not the most immersive and, and there's not a lot of continuity, I, I don't feel, I think it's still a great showcase of, of everything that she's done up to this point. I think the album I... The, the, sorry, the problem I had with this album was a production because I felt like it was, it was drastically behind the times. You know, if you compare this to other albums that were coming out at this time, Midnight Marauders... Back to Fuck Up, Enter the Wu-Tang, Federal by E-40, Doggy Style, mm. it falls away so far. If just It does a huge disservice. And, you know, this was a transition period in hip-hop. So anyone mm. who was still making beats and sounded like they were in the 80s, late 80s, was going to get left behind around this time. You know, Audio 2 produced some of this. They would never produce on another MC Light album, and I think that shows. She also took three years off after this project, and I think that that was needed. You know, she dropped four albums in five years, and I felt like this was like a summing up of MC Light Part 1. And it's like, we'll put a, a line under this, and we'll continue onwards. And I think if you look at it that way, certainly that's how I look at it, the album makes a lot of sense. If I'm looking at it as a solo project in 1993, where, you know, in the landscape of 1993, I'm like, all right, man, this is... It's not that great. Like, it, it falls behind a little bit. But, um, yeah, that's the way I saw it. Like, a kind of like a compilation of all the different parts of MC Light leading up to this point. Um, I can see where you're coming from. And uh, I do agree uh, that, considering it's in 93, and uh, we've done that. We've, we've done this before, where, <laughs> and especially with the year 93, where, like, we've just, like, uh, mentioned the albums that have dropped that, that dropped that year, 
Um, I feel like we just need to do, I like, do something on the whole year of 93 because that year just slaps. 93, um, but, let, let's just say that 93 was probably the biggest year in hip-hop with regards to the changing of a sound. Like, I don't think there's been another year where things shifted so seismically as they did in 1993. Like, that just fucking changed. You put a, you put a line completely under the golden era and started the next era in that fucking year. And anyone who sounded like prior to 1993 was left in the dust. You know, it was such a... Yeah, I, I think we should do an episode on 93 one time. Hmm. That is interesting. I'm trying. I was, I was trying to think of like uh, another year that like has that. Um, I don't know that. I guess cultural reset, uh, for lack of a better phrase, or, or just a uh, evolutionary jump. Let's just say that. Yes, yeah, so that's a better way of phrasing it. Phrasing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe 2015, 2016, maybe because obviously I don't know. Anyway, let's not get to that. Anyway, so um, yeah, um, yeah, I do agree with you on that front. That uh, considering the other albums that dropped that year, um, this is just this falls way behind uh, uh like you said production wise it, it but even when i was listening to that i didn't really have that context in mind um so i actually enjoyed this album uh i guess uh without the context uh which i which i in with i intentionally went into it with um <laughs> but that, now that now that, you, now that you say that uh it has obviously like uh, krs1 and the on the on the two intros of uh, side one and two um just makes it <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Just uh, it's set. You you soured my taste on the album a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> with all, yeah. me saying all that. Um, and you know, rightly so. Um, objectively, you're correct. Um, but yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just so, it's just so funny. Uh, thinking about that and how it's just like completely broken it down for me in some ways. Because you know, I I enjoyed the I enjoyed the energy to this. I feel like this is the this is her most boisterous album. Um, I, it's just, it's just so like, just in your face as I, as I said at the beginning, like that she has in her style. But, um, I feel like this was just the, just the ultimate on that front. Uh, and just, uh, you know, stop having a track called fuck that motherfucking bullshit and just, uh, you know, having a dude, uh, you know, go back and forth with her on that. It's just, uh, that, that was just, um, I don't know. It was like, uh. What's 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 the good? Note? You know, you know when you like hear a couple arguing, like either like that down, like down the road, or like on the other side of the road. Yeah, I see. <laughs> or like on the, or a couple of houses over, or like in the next garden over, and you're just like, you just have your ear to the fence. That's how I felt like listening to that because <laughs> it's just like juicy, juicy beef, like uh, going on right there. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, can I get some dap? I enjoyed uh, one nine three. I enjoyed. I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed most of these tracks. Um, but yeah, with the with the context you've added now, uh, considering when it dropped, it does make sense of why this was. Um, I think it was critically actually seen better than the uh than the third album, which um I guess in in some ways makes sense. Um, because I feel like without the context, it's just a a really energetic album, and uh, I like that personally um but yeah it's interesting it's interesting how that uh how 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 uh people have uh uh people saw that album at the time critically um but um uh, i don't know maybe 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 that was um uh, i'm I'm, oh God, I'm not even gonna guess why but uh yeah it's, it's a very interesting um album that uh i guess has been 
at the time looked at pretty decently, but um, looking at it now, obviously, um, and with the context of what dropped in the whole year of that of '93 and beyond, yeah, yeah it, it it's seems tough. um, yeah, it seems like something that was made on the precipice of like uh 89 90 like if this dropped in 89 it'd be fucking fire oh like, for sure like, absolutely like, and obviously that's just you know i'm stating the obvious but uh yeah so um yeah it, it reminds me of that uh uh one of the uh warren g albums that we did uh and uh how one of the uh, I, th- yeah. I think it was the, the one with the purple album cover i forget the name but like yeah like, that one was just like five years behind <laughs> it was yeah. crazy it was good yeah. but it was just crazy behind and uh yeah. You know, if you don't have, if you if you don't go into it with that context, I feel like it, there's there's stuff to enjoy. Um, but uh, you know, thanks for ruining it, Ben. That's the basic what I'm getting at. <laughs> Apologies. Apologies. Well, you know, we get into the next album. Uh, this was mainstream light, mainstream MC light. So she'd been on the Janet Jackson World Tour. She was nominated for a Grammy, uh, first female rapper to do so, same year as uh, Queen Latifah. Hopped on tracks with Brandy, Janet Jackson, Queen Latifah, Yo Yo. This was bad as I want to be, you know, in the interim between these two albums was when she had arrived commercially in the industry. So she picked up a new deal. She signed to Elektra. And the result was access to some of the greatest production talent in the game at the time by Jermaine Dupri. And the album to me sounds like it. It's glossy. It's, you know, 996 quality. It's top tier mainstream hip hop production. And this is back to kind of concise, hard hitting MC Light, 11 songs, 44 minutes. But we got some fire features. Escape, Missy came. Like, that was incredible. Uh, I think that Drug Lord Superstar is the example of the triumph of this album. Like, that beat is menacing. It sounds like a mix between a Diddy beat and a Havoc beat. This is this is JD. The more I'm listening to JD, the more I'm discovering that early in JD's career, he was a great mimic. He was a great mimic. And, um, yeah, I think, like, he produces six of the 11 tracks on here. Uh, and I think I get that feel. I get that feel, you know. I love the beat to TRG, too. And it's pretty standard we get socially conscious content. Like, TRG is, uh, you know, the rap game. Using on the industry. I got trapped in the rap game at 16 and saw it's no more than a crap game, you know what I mean? And And I think, you know... This is interesting. This is interesting. You know, the, this this is a theory I want to posit. I think that MC Light is obviously a staunch anti-drug ambassador, and during the late '80s, this was a message that was widely agreed upon and spread. You know, Grandmaster Melly Mel dropped White Lines, Don't Do It in 1984. Cool Mo D had Crack Monster, uh, which he said the crack was a devil. Anti-drug was a whole energy in the '80s. And that began to change with gangster rap and the rise of the West Coast. You know, marijuana, consuming marijuana and selling cocaine became key content choices. And, you know, again, when I say this it's in a sterile way, there's no slight on the people rapping that way. They were rapping about their real-life experiences, and we've been into this numerous times. You know, when you zoom out, it looks it's awful, like what these people have had to go through. Um, but it became so entrenched by the mid-90s that I can't name a lot of rappers who were anti-drug on the same level MC Light was. I just can't name them. You know, I, 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 we've got Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie, Mob Deep, Scarface. So many were rapping about this side of life, and MC Light, she sounds like them. Let's be honest, you know, she has that energy and the fire of, like, Mob Deep or Onyx or CNN, but her message is so different. 
so I think that, yeah, I think that this is this held her back commercially. You know, I think, um, you know, the way that I see MC Light in my mind's eye is her her peers are running past her towards the the gate of commercial success, and she's trying to run behind them, but she's got this giant backpack filled with rocks, and every rock is a is a cause that she's taken up for in her rhymes. And every time she did that, it weighed her mainstream appeal down because by all rights, this should be a top 10 album. It didn't even come close. It came, it went 59 on the Billboard 200. Uh, it was the first album to chart overseas in Germany. And this is her most successful commercially by a long way. You know, that's the thing. Like, I does that make any sense? Like, I really feel like, yeah, that... that I don't know. That's just a theory I have. I can't. I can't explain any other way why she's not commercially successful. It doesn't make sense to me. I think that this is the only way that I could rationalize it. I don't know. So you think because she had the <clears throat> the anti-drug stance that wasn't uh, packageable as you know something like uh, you know the harsh realities, obviously like Mob Deep and CNN and. Or the others well, you think, mentioned, obviously portrayed in. I think pervaded. let's let's be let's be fucking honest here for a second. Like when hip hop got blew up in the mainstream, it was a lot of the time because white people started listening to it, and I think a lot of white people listen to hip hop in a very voyeuristic voyeuristic way. I think it talks about the kind of things that they go to the movies and watch, if that makes sense. And I think it's entertainment for a lot of people. It's kind of like sitting down and watching a TV show. But they don't recognize, a lot of people don't recognize that it's real life. These are real people. These are real stories. These, are, these, are, these aren't like, they sound glamorous because they're, they're mainstream and they're making money and all this stuff. But they, it's like they don't listen to Regrets by Jay-Z. You know what I mean? They don't listen to The Evils. They just listen to Dead Presidents. Even Dead Presidents, they're not listening to the actual song. They're not listening to the lyrics. When you listen to the lyrics, they listen to Can I Live? And he's like, you know, presidential suite for the weekend. And they're like, yeah, man, presidential suite, selling drugs. But they're not listening to the rest of the song. The whole song is like, can I live? Like I'm, I'm weighed down by this difficulty and this challenge and the fact that my entire race is being held back by systemic oppression. So I just think that this kind of music was not marketable because it's not entertainment to the mainstream audience. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, I, I think you have something there uh, and I don't think it's that uh, hard to see um, as, a, as a theory. Um, you know, I could get into the um, fact that, you know, US prison system and how that's linked to music labels. I could get into that, but I'd rather not. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I think you're definitely on a track that is uh, that exists. I, I feel like um, I feel like that's a potential um, reason as to why Light wasn't as big as she should be. Um, but that's interesting, right? And I will, I will try and get into the album at some point. Um, but you know, it is interesting how we talk about that, and then on the same wavelength, uh, we have someone like uh, Queen Latifah that you know has had, you know, we stated we stated her uh, her uh, stances before, right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty. 
you know, against the status quo, right? I feel like, mm. um, especially mm. for what hip hop is uh, uh, innately. Um, so, and you know, she managed to succeed. Um, you know, well, to be fair, to be fair on right, that, but... Queen, Queen Latifah was similar in commercial success to MC Light. I mean, her first okay. album went one twenty four, second one seventeen, third was sixty. So that was about you know, MC okay. Light did fifty nine. And it wasn't okay. until 04 that she had her first top 20, and that was when she transitioned into Soul. So I think, okay. yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a similar situation with them, with uh, <coughs> Queen Latifah, to be honest. Okay, well, well, there you go. There's another, <laughs> that's just as another example then, yeah. But, um, you know, again, to this album, uh, you know, there was a, you know, uh, I think a concerted attempt to try and catch up, like you said, uh, obviously with the escape and uh, uh, feature especially uh, just screamed uh, uh, well kind of, yeah this just screamed that scream 96 to me yeah for sure um, uh, I, I do like the fact that uh, Missy Elliott just came on to uh, came on to Cold Rocker Party and I do enjoy that track a lot um, I, I, just, I just like that for the um, overall story uh, and arc that MC Light has and Missy Elliott has, has as well in her personal career um, but yeah, I feel like this whole album can be, uh, encapsulated in the song, the rap game. And it's so, it, it's, the whole thing is just one long, it's like a monologue, uh, uh of just commentary. And, uh, I, I, I can't really get over, um, the track itself and how, um, and how uh, I guess uh, blistering is, and how matter of fact again he is, because and, uh, and I guess that's the thing that I find most fascinating about most fascinating about MC Light is how just just point blank she is. Like it's not um, it, it's it's not trying to even when I, even when I said like you know some of the lyrics can go over your head, um, I I base that in just how you know boisterous her voice is in in that delivery, but when you actually listen properly and go back to reading it, she ain't masking shit. Um, <laughs> you just get you just get what you're uh you get what she's saying um just 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 via that, and it's not any it's not in any you know sexy packaging. Um, that may be a reason why I guess uh, you know uh, we can only speculate on that front. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it it did. It obviously comes across as an album that you know um, is substantially short. Actually, how long is it? It's like forty seven minutes. Not yeah, it's forty four uh, minutes. Yeah, yeah forty four minutes. Yeah, so it's not exactly that long. Um, you know, take away the remi- take away the remixes. Um, the Keep On Keeping On remix and the uh, other Cold Rock Pie, uh, which is on Spotify here, you know, take those out and that's under thirty, that's under forty minutes. So you know, it's an extremely short album, um, compared to the rest uh, uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's it's a, it's a, it's a disappointing album in one fashion, uh, for the reasons we've already stated, but um. Yeah, I can't really, I couldn't really imagine like what else, uh, she could have done if that makes any sense. Um, because uh, yeah, obviously you can get to seven and seven, uh, if you like. Uh, but you obviously have something to say in between in between those two. Oh no, I mean that's that's what I say. Like I, you know, this album. 
this is the end of MC Light, almost the end of her career, this album. Like, you know, she right. dropped another project, uh, The Underground, but, like, this one had that major label money behind it, but the the ultimate lack of success caused her to have to sever ties with the label and basically, you know, she there was plenty of stuff going on uh, for MC Light after this. Like, you know, she's an actress and there was, there was other things that were going on that weren't musical, but this album they threw money at, like Neptune's production, Poke and Tone, uh, Stack the Feature List, Missy Beanie Man, and I Day, Gina Thompson. It did not even chart on the Billboard 200. That is just, that's low, man. That's a couple thousand copies sold. You know, that is low, 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 low. For an album released by a major label from an established artist that doesn't even chart, that's why I said what I said prior to this album. I don't know what the fucking answer is. It doesn't make sense to me. There has to be something going on because she's a great MC and this is great music. And I was around this time. This is when I first started listening to hip-hop. You know, I would have enjoyed listening to this if it was on my radar, but it never came up. You know, no MC Light when I was younger. I wasn't listening to MC Light. And I think that this album, (laughs) even more so, like the, the thing I don't like about this album is also the thing that confuses me about its lack of success. It sounds homogenized. It sounds like the sound of female MCs around this time. You know, I feel like, uh, Little Kim, Foxy, and Eve had had all kind of brought themselves into this kind of middle-of-the-road sound. Mm. And there's no better example of that sound than Emil. If anyone's listened to Emil from Rockefeller, there's no better example than the middle-of-the-road female MC sound than Emil. And again, this is not a slight, there are plenty of male middle-of-the-road artists. There are so many. <laughs> there are so many. This is not a slight. This is not something that's... Only female MCs do. It's like when someone hits a commercial peak with some sort of sound, everyone tries to sound like it. And MC Light isn't the rest of the industry to me. She's she's socially conscious and aware and she's unapologetic. And I felt like on this project there were just too many pop tracks. Give me what you want, woo woo, put it on you, play girls, play proper, it's all yours, party going on. I can't keep naming them. It's, the whole album is very poppy and... You know, Party Going On might be the most cynical track of MC Light's career. It's so sugary. It's just not what I anticipated from her. It sounds like a it sounds like a Fresh Prince song. Like, strip poker, truth or dare. <laughs> s- listen to this song. Listen to these lyrics. Strip poker, truth or dare. I swear it's about to get sticky up in here. Like, that doesn't sound like MC Light. I'm like, what is this? So, you know, I, I, this might have been the album that she wanted to make. I don't know. You know, and if it is... It's totally fine. Like, I fully respect that. But um, it's just odd. Like, you know, it's odd from an artist who I'm so confident is only making the music that they want to make. And this didn't sound like MC Lyad. And it got a drop from the label. And um, like after this, like, obviously she dropped a, basically a mixtape underground that didn't not on streaming services and and barely charted and then she dropped her final album legend but um i mean yeah i I don't have a lot else to say it's like i'll talk quickly about underground heat like this was kind of this is a good album this is a good album because um you know it's not like she had to appease anyone on this album i don't again i said it right at the start i don't think she ever tried to appease people but yeah, that the la- that last album, seven and seven, just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. This album is completely different, you know. She has Jamie Fox on here, Biz Marquis, Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, Janet Jackson was on here. This is an independent record, 
And uh, the the production on here is fucking fire. The production is absolutely fire, and she just spits wild bars over the top of this shit. Wild bars. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was in... That was a completely different project to 7 and 7, and that's why 7 and 7 really confused me, to be honest. Yeah, I was... Uh, it's, you, you got one of my... You got one of my... Uh, <laughs> my comparisons uh, to, to to some of these tracks. Like, uh, yeah, when it came to Oogie, uh, Oogie Boogie and Party Going On, I got big Fresh Prince vibes. Seriously, uh, you got the same those. vibe off that. That's wild, uh, man. Fuck. Uh, what, what was the other one I wanted to pl- flag up? Uh, I can't make a mistake, bro. Does that not sound like uh uh? Is it is it lap dance? Uh, what's the N- NERD song? I like that beat so much. Yeah, that that beat slaps. But bro, this is literally the same beat in su- in a lot of ways. It's like it's like it's like it's like it's like a V one. It's like the V one of it's like version draft one of uh I think it's either laps. I think it's lap dance. I think, yeah, baby, want me? Yeah, I think, I think lap dance. Yeah, um, it, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like draft one. It's so crazy, um, but even that said, you know, I do like some of these tracks. I do like play girls play. I love the uh, fuck. Oh, I was trying to, I was trying to think up this sample. Um, do it to your satisfied. Um. BT site, fuck. I'm gonna try and get it right quick because uh, that's gonna annoy the fuck out of me. Um, but yeah, I like I like that track, and it's funny. Obviously, say Neptune, considering obviously the uh, uh, the the huge NERD vibes that I got for one of the BT Express. That's it on Duty Satisfied. Play goes play. Yeah, that's, that was great. Um, uh, what, what was the other side I enjoyed? The uh, <laughs> uh, Beanie Man one proper. Yeah, I like that one. It's all yours. I like though. I like that like four tracks stretch to the album um and also the one with miss yellow as well i didn't mind that one as well and then obviously got into like the uh break it down oh yeah oh oh that hook oh that hook was grim that was not a good hook for me um yeah uh, i said the yeah. exact same thing i said that i've written Ooh. here break it down is another example of a fire beat but the chorus is woeful <laughs> oh what yeah, is that, that chorus is not, the hook is not it chief um yeah, so uh, yeah, it, it does, and then and then it has that last track, "Better Place," which just it's that was just a uh, okay, um, like it, it was it's, it's like something I would you would have heard on. This is the thing I feel like with seven and sevens, and I'm gonna str- I'll I'll, str- I'll jump straight to Legend um, afterwards. Yeah. But, um, um, the thing about this album uh, that I guess jars me in some way. Um, is because is is the fact that a lot of these tracks try to sound like other people, whether I and I'm not sure whether they know it or not. Like Better Place sounds like it, it sounds like Tupac should be on it, uh, like doing one of his like you know Dear Mama Brenda's Got a Baby kind of tracks. You know what I mean? Just some deep shit. Um, and you know I didn't mind um, MC Light on that track, but in particular I was just completely thrown thrown back by just how the album finished in that with that song it was just like you know super gospely i was just like okay um and i feel like that's just a lot of this album i felt like it it wasn't more of um you know there are bad tracks on here it's not it's not gonna get twisted this is an hour and 17 minutes like there's some you know it could have been trimmed heavy 
right? Um, but a lot, a lot of these tracks, I feel like, are cool in some ways, and I'm just like, I, I don't mind MC Light on these, um, but I just don't feel like they worked in just how they were packaged up. Um, uh, I, I feel like, I feel like they could have, they just, they just could have simply been better. Um, and at the same time, uh, a lot of them just sounded like other, like, like, you know, similar to what you were saying, sounded like other people's similar works. You know what I mean? Like I said, uh, we agreed on the uh, two tracks that sound like Fresh Prince. Uh, you know, the one track sounded like N.E.R.D. Like, just from how many, uh, fuck knows how many years earlier, uh, you know, kind of predicting the future on that front uh, for that particular track of lap dance. But, you know, it's just a lot of these tracks come off as this could have been an Eve track, this could have been a Lil' Kim track, that's this problem, could have been right? a, this could have been a Tupac track. And that's yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, cr- that's the crux of the issue. It's like, um, they don't, they don't sound like MC Light in 1998. Like, uh, and I don't know, and we obviously can't, say what MC Light should have sounded like in 1998 because this is our only uh, evidence of what she did in 1998 um, but yeah ain't this ain't ain't uh, ain't most of this um, I don't know and then hopping straight onto Legend I actually had a uh, a positive uh, outlook on this album beforehand because I, 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 I think I listened to it when it dropped um, or at least a year after it dropped guaranteed and you know I love Dear John um, I, I really enjoy that track uh, and also like check, um, but past that, uh, it's let's just say this album's mercifully short. Um, you know, it's, it's thirty-seven minutes, eleven tracks. Like it's not that it's not too long um, compared to the other compared to the other albums. Um, it's and I feel like you know it's as. It, I'm I'm glad it's not longer to be completely honest, and um, it's sad leaving. It's it's sad trying. I mean, you know, we're gonna try and leave it on a positive note because you know this is MC Light we're talking about. I think uh, you know, obviously her work, the last two pieces of work, um, didn't come up to the level that I feel like. Uh, what was it that I think it's the first two tracks on here, um, that really, uh, not. Yeah, I think Ball and uh, Bomb Wild Out. I think like those two tracks, or I maybe think of another. <laughs> I maybe think of another album, um, but yeah, like the first few tracks on here, I'm just like, <sighs> okay, um, I I don't know what we get. I don't know what we're going yeah. for here. You know yeah, what I mean? What is this? Um, and this is 2015. I feel like this this is some of these. Uh, I don't know. It screams. <sighs> trying to trying to pick a year but like it's 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 behind again um it, it suffers the same fate as um uh as a uh fuck, fuck i keep getting tripped up on names like there's so many freaking names uh, ain't no other it's, it's similar to that but but this is you know in some ways even worse because uh even if this did drop in the you know abstract year that i'm trying to think of uh i'm not sure if it, it would have been on the same level as even the stuff that was dropping in at that time um and you, I'm I'm not gonna say that about ain't no other because if that shit dropped in nineties like I in ninety nine like I said it would have been it would have banged, uh but I I don't know about this album man apart from uh dear John and Check I I I honestly don't feel any type of way about the rest of this album uh, to be completely honest I'm not really sure uh, some of these I don't I don't want to say what I was about to say because I'm not because sure, I'm not sure if I'm thinking about uh seven and seven. <laughs> <laughs> and I just missed it. I just missed out uh, that particular critique. Um, but yeah, 
it's a miss. It's just a miss, and it's, yeah, it's, it's super unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's a big miss. I mean, this was a record day store day exclusive in nine two thousand fifteen on vinyl. I actually had it in my hand on that day, and I did not buy it because yeah, I don't know why. I just didn't have. Maybe I wanted to buy something else that day, and. I don't know what's going on on this one. This is a weird album, man. Like, it sounds... Some of the beats, maybe these EDM-inspired beats would have sounded okay like five years prior. But in 2015, it was just really out of date. And I don't know. Ball sounded like a lasers off-cut. I'm I'm with you. Dear John is a great project. Uh, Sorry, great project. Great song. This is the kind of MC light that I really enjoyed listening to. You know, the message of hope is really uplifting and... Felt like she's speaking to someone she knows personally and attempting to give them the confidence to trust in themselves. That's a great song. But the rest of this, I think that 95% of the issues with this album is the production, not MC Light herself. You know, she sure. tries some stuff occasionally that doesn't really come off. But um, yeah, I think that too often the production kind of leads her into a bit of a trap. Like 40 Days, that EDM drop, I don't know what else she could have done on that beat except... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, what else could she have done with uh, that beat? Yeah, yeah, it doesn't do yeah. her justice. It's not her not yeah. doing the justice. These aren't doing... And um, I don't really... Yeah, that one is a miss. And um, it was an interesting end to the career after that. Like, I mean, it may not be the end. She might still drop music. But I guess, like, it's been five years and a long time since she really dropped, you know, a proper project. I guess 7 and 7 was really the last album that you could say was a full studio album you know this kind of felt like a mixtape or a bit of a compilation or yeah it didn't feel like so it's a weird end to our episode to be honest because like i really feel i don't know i don't know how i feel about this i don't know what how to sum this up because i think all the way up to like 98 she was just like this scorching mc that was completely unapologetic and just said whatever the fuck she wanted to say and it was almost like she didn't care that that message was maybe causing her not to have the commercial success that she needed and then 7 and 7 came along and it was just a weird record and it kind of ended things for her and it's confusing that that would be the thing that ended things if that makes sense it's like it's one album like I don't know how to sum her up to be honest I mean incredible MC like really blazed the path for solo female MCs. You know, we talk about Queen Latifah doing it. Queen Latifah definitely did it. MC Light also definitely did it. You know, MC Light transitioned into acting as well. Same as Queen Latifah. Like the perfect example of an artist who is just creative in a different, in a huge uh, variety of realms and had the ability and the motivation to actually explore that creativity and to give us that kind of art in in all these different ways. And so, you know, always so much love for MC Light. Um, You know, interesting career, interesting career. I mean, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about female rappers who had had like longevity and like 15 plus years in the game. And I find it difficult to attribute that to MC Light. I know her first album was what, 88, 89, and her last was 2015. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I really feel like she really had a 10 year run. And then after that, it was kind of the end, you know? Um, but those first four albums, man, if you look at them, first three especially, I, I find them to all be classics. I think her third album is her best album, and I think it's greatly under underappreciated. I think uh, 
just the the way that she inhabited her persona on that record and the way that she inhabited that socially conscious message and delivered it to us in in such a listenable and you know it's just a great project and it just showed the ability that she has she was you know i think you know i said at the start she wasn't what often wasn't differentiated from male mcs and i think the inequality has always been and it, it continues to exist to this very day where there's this some myth that female MCs are just not as good as male MCs. It's just like somehow they're just not on the same level. They have to be put in their own category because they can't be classified with male MCs because male MCs are better in some way. Like that's absolute fucking bullshit. But I think looking at that and looking at the conversation around MC Light and looking at how people get so stereotypical with this and yet they weren't automatically saying, oh, yeah, she's, a fe- she's the best female MC. They were saying she's one of the best MCs because she just fucking was, you know, she was, she's just an incredible talent and incredible MC. And so, um, yeah, I see her like in that sense, similar to Rhapsody, where nowadays one of the biggest ways to kind of derail that conversation of female MC versus male MC. And like, I have a top five of males and I have a top five of females and they can't ever be together is Rhapsody. Rhapsody's the the you know the converse or the circuit breaker in that conversation because you use Rhapsody and there's plenty of female rappers you could use but Rhapsody seems to be the one that has cut through with with rap fans yeah. and they're like oh yeah it's a good point you know Rhapsody would be in a in a top ten all all genders you know like something yeah. stupid like that I think MC Light was one of the first MC female MCs in that conversation. I think back in the day, if you were having that conversation, I really do feel like MC Light would be that circuit breaker. You'd be like, actually, no, we don't have to differentiate because MC Light is an example of someone who, you know, it's just that person who is universally accepted as being as good as males. And, um, you know, I'm fully aware of how stupid that sounds. And I think I really want to get into it on an existential podcast because I really want to talk about just this delineation and and the way this is but um yeah man uh, it's an interesting end to this episode on mc light but yeah definitely a legend the the final album was aptly titled <laughs> yeah um i i i feel i feel to use like a i feel to use a tennis analogy i feel like mc light is althea gibson and uh I don't know, like, Rhapsody is like uh, Naomi Osaka. Like, it's, it's and, and somewhere in the middle, maybe, like, I don't know, uh, maybe Lauren Hill is like Serena, I guess. <laughs> I'm not sure, but, you know, it, it, you, you see where I'm getting at. Um, it's, it's, it, it, for, simply, simply for me, um, I, I honestly, if, if her fourth album was her third album and her third album was her fourth album, that would be one of the best like four album stretches in hip hop yeah, history. Good point. I, yeah. I feel I feel like simply put. Um that 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 is undoubtedly in my mind if that if that's how it was uh, uh doled out. Um but in my mind I feel the reason why, you know, we're doing an episode on MC Light and the reason why uh MC Light is so respected on a historical level uh, is simply because I, y- th- when you, when you hear about someone that is, um, you know, that's inspired by somebody else, right, and, um, you know, someone says, I hear this person in this person, right, um, 
I don't think there's any closer um, a uh, 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 I don't think anybody reaches that textbook definition of uh, being an inspiration um, and being so close to uh, in uh, in somebody else's art and just seeing that person in somebody else's art than someone like MC Light and the people like Kim, uh, Debrat, Lauren, um, Missy, obviously, and uh, <laughs> and the person we're doing actually next week, Eve. Um, you know, some people like those. Um, and you know, even Rhapsody, like you said, um, I feel like uh, I feel like there's some MC Lime Rhapsody as well um, in how she talks about certain things and how she comes across it with such confidence. Um, th- you, when when Lauren Hill does something like uh, 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 Lost Ones, right? That is big, big MC Light energy to me. Big MC Light energy. Anything Little Kim does, big MC Light slash Salt and Pepper energy. Like, super sexual and just super chesty. Like, it's just, you see it. You see it on the face. Same with Debrat. Super cocky. Uh, Missy Elliott. More of the, um, I guess, the, uh, uh, more of the creative side, I guess, on on that front in terms of comparison. Um, Eve. uh, I think vocally. uh, When you hear, when you hear some, when you hear MC Light talk in her speaking voice and Eve in her speaking voice, they both do not, do not actually sound like what they sound like on wax um and that i feel like is on purpose and i feel like that's something that uh mc light i'm not sure i'm not i'm not sure if she actually thought about that in the first place or not but you know think of somebody like uh uh crisscross right you know they they were kids when they were got signed and obviously did jump in that and they sound like kids mc light sound uh did not sound like an 18 year old when she was 18 like and that and that to me says a whole lot. Um, I just feel like she just. I I just feel like in some way she was too pure for the system that was uh, uh, being built under her, um, and and was being built around her. Uh, once the nineties started, uh, you know, and and big business, quote unquote, you know, started uh, sinking its teeth into what hip hop was. Um, I just feel like she didn't know where to where to move, and instead, instead she just sunk in the quicksand. Um, I I I just feel like that's the unfortunate side of her career. Um, but even with that said, um, I would much rather have a ten year stretch that she did, and you know, sink in the quicksand, uh, but still have like genuine artistic children that she has, um, than you know, be somebody that rolled with the punches like I, I fuck you know everyone does that I fuck that um but you know regardless of what her last two albums gave um well last three albums gave I guess in some ways um you know that's more <laughs> that's 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 uh that's there's there's still four there's still four bangers uh on the other side of that so you know that's uh that's that's good enough for me on the tally and uh that's just me saying that subjectively um but yeah, man, I, I I am so astounded by how, uh, throughout listening to her in the past week, how she has this just absolute confidence, and how that bleeds into a lot of other people, um, and how obvious it is. It's so stupidly obvious. In the ten years she had, uh, even five years afterwards, there were like she was she was having like 
autistic children. And that's just um, an insane turnaround in some ways. Like it took, uh, it took, I don't know what, 10 years for like 10, 15 years for Kanye to have autistic children. Um, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's just one example obviously but you know that's a that's a fight them five years ten years that's a mad quick turnaround and i severely respect that highly so uh you know regardless of uh uh what the, what some of the music says um there is good music there um there is iconic classics there um and uh, just herself in her uh sticking to you know who she was and sticking and staying authentic to that is highly admirable so uh you know and that's what you know, this kind of month is all about on that front. So, uh, you know, she really epitomizes that. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I fully agree. Um, yeah, 100%. Well said. Oh, I felt like I said all that in one breath. Fucking hell. I need to breathe. All right. <laughs> so, all right, let's over to a, a lighter note. And uh, I feel like we do this. I feel like, you know, obviously our anniversary is coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and uh, uh, I feel like we said this exactly in the same way last year. Um, but uh, you know it's worth saying every year uh, as we record the Grammys are going on and uh, as the Grammys go on uh, we will, uh, always like to say in our trademark uh, way of saying it fuck the Grammys, fuck the Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's I fucking... really hope that I really hope that syncs up when I edit it because that you said it exactly the same time I said it. that was fucking glorious fuck the Grammys well, we don't care uh, f- don't don't give a shit like bro as if Kanye pissed on a Grammy and then won a Grammy like shit don't matter it really don't fucking matter it, n- none of this matters it really don't fucking matter honestly it's, that's just the, that's just the oh, that's, that's just the, that's just ultimate like that's just ultimate like why does this even matter because uh, if I was a Grammy voter on that front, I'd be just so pissy. But he still got the dub, so like, what, what does he? What what does this even matter? Do they um, even know I, what's going on? Like, what? what are they? Don't, I, I don't care. I just don't care. Um, piece of shit uh, on every front, and uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I mean, um, nothing to add. Nothing to add. Nothing to add. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm interviewing. So I mean, I'm interviewing someone straight after this. So I don't know where we're gonna publish this, but um, yeah, my yeah. So yeah, so uh, interview. Know, probably sometime. Probably sometime next month. Um. Uh. Yeah. I'll. But we'll, yeah, we'll probably draw that sometime next month. Uh. We'll keep you posted on that front as always. Uh. That's gonna be fun. I won't be there. Um. Uh, so it's just gonna be Ben and the interview. So it's gonna uh, be a if you're sick, of, if you if you're sick of hearing my voice, um. You know, as you've been listening for the past hundred episodes, you know, if you're sick of listening to my voice for once, uh, you might get someone someone different. And uh, with Ben, so that's gonna be fun. And that's gonna be a nice week off for me. That's great. That's, I love it. Can't can't yeah, wait. Good point. Um. <laughs> Actually, actually, I might, uh, I might do the, uh, uh, the, the, the potential, uh, new podcast idea that we've, been, that uh, I recently uh, got wind of. So I might, uh, uh, do okay. some, do some, uh, do some, um, might get, might, we might be getting a new podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it, keep in, you know, just, you know, keep, keep note, keep note. There might be some good shit going on. Uh, might get, might get all the gang to participate, um, in some fashion. Uh, just like so, you know, to do their own stuff, maybe. Um, already got one pitch from uh, from Mickey as uh, for one of them, uh, so yeah, it might be a might be a, might be might have podcast number four in the, in the works, uh, yeah, ladies ladies and gentlemen. And uh, and on the on one more note on the Grammy note, uh, I'm sorry guys, Blue Ivy has not won a Grammy. Stop stop it. I don't care if she's credited or not. Don't give me that. 
stop doing that i hate, I hate when people do that stop it it, it no it, I, I don't I, stop it stop 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 but anyway that's me being a hater of young people of people younger than me um but, you know. hate 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 charlie hates a lot charlie's always hating in our whatsapp conversation you guys obviously don't know but like i'm not i'm oh every day there's some sort of hate that comes through i'm critiquing damn man you hate uh, again I'm, like I'm, oh. I'm critique oh sorry bro you so so you never watched those shows right where like it's um like are you smarter than a 15 year old and you didn't want to smack some of them kids shut up don't I'm don't smack like, any don't kids, like Charlie. I, I want, don't know what I, you're I'm gonna about. Be, I want to fight some kids. That's basically what I'm saying. I want to <laughs> fight some kids. <laughs> I don't want to do that. You come took at me. Really weird direction. Come at me, fourteen-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> like I when I when fight. I tell Charlie oh, I'm gonna buy Universal Mind Control for thirty dollars, and Charlie's like, oh, that's not a good album. Oh man, it's not. Again, we had this always. conversation. It's not a good album. It's not. He's hating on. I didn't say it's trash. I'm saying it's not good. What? Same with Nas is untitled. Oh, it's not very good. It's just Hayden, man. Hayden. Did I say that? Yeah, you didn't like either of those albums because they were like 2008 and they had that sound. They had that 08 sound. Remember you said that the the mixtape for Untitled was the the good one. And then they, remember they did that oh, and then they changed yeah. track listing for the actual album and they put like three oh, pop tracks on there. Pissed. So, yeah. Pissed. oh yeah, okay. All right, yeah. Okay, well... Okay, I'll say this and I'll finish here. I'm a hater of certain uh, uh, things that certain some some people just can't control. Uh, you know, I I you know people they just made the album in the year that you know that kind of garbage was coming through. Like you know, that's no fault on them. You know, they they not everybody can be evolutionary in their own time. It is what it is, and I'm just gonna have to live with that, and that's fine. Uh, but you know, they were just not great. I'm just I'm not saying they're trash. There's some merit. I'm just saying, some of them are not great. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen from the Fifth End Podcast Network, it's been digging digits. Hope you enjoy this episode. I am Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element and not a hater. I'm Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers, and I don't know what else to say after that. I'm definitely yeah, exactly. Don't say nothing. Don't, don't, nothing to say. Nothing to say. And <laughs> uh, we hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. Let's hope Ben gets some pump uh, in the next six months. <laughs> and with that said, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, peace. Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. Thanks to your records for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop buying numbers, bonus points, and show off records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. It has been a fifth element podcast network production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time as we continue our Women's History Month celebration. I'll dig in digits. <laughs>